This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, I'm Jane Pauley, and this is our Sunday Morning Extra, a podcast featuring a memorable story from our latest show. It's a conversation that offers insight beyond the broadcast. On this episode, Anthony Mason talks to Harvey Keitel. What was the first show you were in? You remember? I think it was in Cafe La Mama. Cafe La Mama, okay. Um, I played a dog. You played a dog? No lines. The actor is known for his intensity and for turning supporting roles into standout performances. But even with a six-decade career, the former Marine says Hollywood doesn't consider him bankable. Here's Anthony's interview with Harvey Keitel. How did your family feel about you being an actor? (laughs) You knew what the answer to that one was going to be, didn't you? I could guess. Okay, I'll I'll make a long story short. When I said to them, I'm... I'm going to study acting. My father said, summed it up. He said, actor, schmactor. So that's how they felt. Actor, schmactor. <laughs> right. <laughs> your, dad, your, dad, your dad sold ha- made hats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sewing machine operator. Yeah. And did, they, did, they run, did your parents run a luncheonette or something? Did I read that? Yeah, they owned uh, various luncheonettes in places in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, one at a time. Right. They weren't chain right did you get uh, to per- did you get put to work in those ever yeah sure yeah i made the best egg cream in brooklyn did you yeah that's that's a trick 
Okay, somebody get the chocolate, and the milk has to be frozen. That's the secret? Yeah. <laughs> to the creamy top. The creamy top. <laughs> so when did you decide you loved acting? Because, I mean, it sounds like it was, this turn you made was pretty unexpected. <clears throat> well, that, that's quite a journey, you know. Um, I don't know if you have time for all this, but, I mean, but I'll take my time and you take your time, okay? Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, well, I wanted to make money. Yeah. Hollywood people, I thought all of them had money. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, when, uh, in my acting class, I, after Anthony Menino, I studied with this wonderful, wonderful director. His yeah. name is Michael Kahn. Yeah. He's very well known in the theater world. He runs a theater. I think he runs the theater in Washington, D.C. now. Hmm. Wonderful guy. We were all young at that time, you know. Right. And um, uh, this one kid in my acting class, another young black man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was living in Brooklyn at the time, still. Um, he said to me, he said to me, uh, Harvey, you have to leave Brooklyn and move to Manhattan if you want to be an actor. Right. You cannot be an actor living in Brooklyn. And I said to him, you don't understand Rufus. Ruf Rufus Collins was his name. Yeah. I said, I just want to make money. I don't care about being an actor. So he was fed up with me, yeah. you know. And um, so I kept studying because I, I wanted to get good at it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> eventually, in years to come, years that came, I, I understood it wasn't just to make money. Yeah. Some part of you connected to it. Yeah. What was that? Acting is doing things truthfully with a purpose. It was that purpose, I suppose, that sunk in. In your case, what was that purpose, though? Awareness. Mm -hmm. Awareness. And um, having lived a life that wasn't very creative, mm -hmm. except for the part of the Marines, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> growing up in Brooklyn and... Uh, uh, there was no real appreciation for the arts. My family, they were working class people, you know, yeah. um, uh, uh, lower working class people. And um, so I was, never I was never introduced to art yeah. of any kind. It's interesting to me that you describe being the Marines as creative. <laughs> um. Well, you've never been on Paris Island. You have to get real creative there. <laughs> or else you're going to suffer. <laughs> That's an interesting way of using the word creative. I like it. Well, I'll tell you why. I mean, all, all joking aside, um, <clears throat> I, I learned my first lesson about mythology. I'll classify it that way. Um, about a sense of truth. Yeah. In the Marine Corps, during a night combat training class, uh -huh. I was out there in boondocks with a couple of hundred other 
recruits on Paris Island. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. It's a night-night combat thing. Bright moon. And all of a sudden, a voice yells out, you're all afraid of the dark. Booms out across this field. Right? And, and I got scared because I was scared. Yeah. Anyway, I said, how the hell did somebody know I was scared? Yeah. I was trying to hide it. No one could see me. I couldn't see them. Um, and uh, we looked across the field there, and it was a silhouette on like a box. And we could see the silhouette only. And this young Marine instructor said something like this, I'm paraphrasing. You're, you're afraid of the dark. We're all afraid of what we don't know. But we're going to teach you to live in the dark so that you will no longer be afraid. Mm-hmm. That for me was the first I heard yeah. about being so honest about what you're feeling. It's like fear. Yeah. Not hiding it. It was an important lesson to learn. It's interesting to me because a lot of the parts you play are about the light and the dark in people and the battle that goes on there. <laughs> well, I just told you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the that's the that night that young marine opened up that door of fear and my awareness mm-hmm. that I was trying to hide yeah. and um, that became part of my exploration of being right. on the planet and all the work I did after the marines when I got bored being a court sonographer and went to the theater and met all these wonderful young people thinking coming from good educations mm-hmm. you had a you had a pretty nasty stutter as a kid yeah you can hear it now a little bit I don't actually I mean you feel like you well then, it. then I'm doing a good job hiding yeah, yeah. I mean and how did uh, so how did you deal that, with that as it a kid it was terrible it was it was awful yeah you know kids make fun of you your friends make fun of you yeah in a very natural way, we're all kids, but sure. it, was, it was it was terrible, and uh, I always wished it was something I could come up with that could help heal um, young people that do have a bad stutter. Yeah, and uh, I think about it um, constantly, and the only thing I've ever been able to come up with was awareness. Mm-hmm. Awareness, trying to become aware in the literature, in the mm-hmm. arts. Awareness might help them. How did you conquer it? I studied in the Marine Corps, not as badly as I did as, as a child. Mm-hmm. And um, I just studied at times. As a child, I studied all the time. Yeah. And the Marines just rarely, but... There was no one way yeah. I conquered it. It was just what I'm saying now. The best advice I, c- I could give mm-hmm. 
as a result of my experience is awareness yeah. of yourself. Yeah. My stepfather had it, and he, I mean, it sort yeah. of, it, it sort of slowly went away. Yeah, well, I don't know what his, his experience was, but yeah. mine slowly went away. If uh, 20, 25 years yeah. was slowly going away. Yeah. And painfully so. Yeah. Did you have it when you started acting, too? Well, I never started acting. Yeah. But, no, sort of like you hear me now. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no, it never interfered with acting. It didn't? No, no, no. Um, talk to me a little bit about Taxi Driver. Yeah. Hmm. And that part. Well... Um, Marty had uh, uh, um, wanted me to play the campaign worker in it that Albert Brooks played. Yeah. And uh, I said, let me play the pimp. And he said, the pimp? The pimp has three lines. Yeah. I said, let me play the pimp. Why? Because when I, I was living in Hell's Kitchen at the time. Yeah. So I used to I used to see all, see all the pips along uh, uh-huh. along there. Anyway, and uh, so Marty said okay, and I uh, I found a guy. Uh, well, I was trying to find someone who knew something about being a pimp, yeah, which I knew nothing about. And uh, I remember I approached. Oh, at that time, I was doing Death of a Salesman at Circle and Square Theater wow. that George Scott had directed with uh, oh, what's her name, the wonderful actress. Uh, Harvey, she did the men with Marlon Brando, Teresa Russell, Teresa okay. Wright, Teresa Sorry. Wright, yeah. Um, and I went over to this one uh, uh, prostitute there, and uh, before I was, uh, I, w- I went in, into the theater. And I said, "Can I ask you a question? Can I talk to you for a second? She said, "What do you want?" She's dressed, you know, for, for trade. I said, "Well, that's my name on that card over there." I showed her the card outside the theater. And I said, I'm doing a movie, and I'm playing a pimp in the movie. Now, this girl is standing there looking at me like this, you know? And I'm trying to get... I said, and I'm playing a pimp, and I don't know anything about being a pimp. Would you talk to me about it? And she looked at me and said, get out of here. Are you crazy? That was it. (laughs) I said, okay, okay. (laughs) And uh, then I found the guy. Yeah. I found a guy, this uh, this guy, and uh, I took him to the actor's studio. Yeah. Not the sessions. I snuck him in because I wanted to use rehearsal studios downstairs. Yeah. And for about two weeks, we improvised the scenes that were not written right. in Taxi Driver. I'd play the girl, and he'd improvise with, with, with me going yeah. to work. And then I began playing him, and he'd play the girl. Yeah. And after those two weeks, also I did something really silly in those two weeks. He was taking me to meet some people that were, you know, not doing legal things. And I wired myself. You, to record it? Yeah. I wired myself. I sit, I, I sit in my little place, middle room, and I taped myself. Tape. Because I said, they, they cannot see you, Harvey. You cannot get caught. I had tape all over me. I mean, like I was tape man, you know. Yeah. And I said to him, 
I have to tell you this, you know, I'm wired. He said, what? I said, I taped myself so I could record it. He said, are you f***ing nuts? You're going to get us killed. Take that tape off. I had to button my shirt and take all the tape off. What were you hoping to get? Authenticity. (laughs) (laughs) in, in, In Pulp Fiction, you take another pretty small role, but make it very There are no small parts, only small actors. Okay. Konstantin Stanislavski. <laughs> so that never that never seems to dissuade you. You see something in those small roles. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Taxi Driver. I had three lines to begin with. Yeah. I had good training. I was lucky to meet the greats. Mm-hmm. A lot to be said about them. A lot to be said about? About them. Yes. Those magnificent teachers, the training that's available. Yeah. You went, you went through a period in the 80s that a lot of people look at as kind of a, a low period for you in terms of roles, in this country at least. I didn't want to work with those stupid lowlifes. <laughs> no, yeah, I did. did I mean, go, did it... go through a period, yeah. I went to Europe. Yeah. It seemed that the Europeans wanted to work with me. Yeah. Bertrand Tavernier. Yes. Whom I, I'm, I'm proud to say I'm introducing next week in Morocco oh, at the wow. film festival. They're honoring him for a lifetime career. Yeah. So um, uh, an actress friend of mine said, let's go see this movie, The Clockmaker of St. Paul. Yeah. Um, a French director. We went, and I saw this magnificent cinema that I wasn't aware of and I said that's the kind of director I want to work with yeah. about within a month's time I read in an article someone pointed out to me Bertrand Tavernier he said Harvey Keitel's the kind of actor I want to work with and Bertrand Tavernier and I got together on this movie Death Watch yeah. with Romy Schneider yeah I love Romy Schneider yeah she was great she was great they're going to show it at, Mar- at the Moroccan Film Festival now mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hollywood didn't seem interested in me, and the Europeans did. Mm-hmm. Lena Verdmuller, Jane Campion, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, Dario Argento, and uh, others. I can't think now. Yeah. Well, what, what like do you what do you think at that period? Right. There were others afterwards. Sure. Why do you think at that point in time Hollywood seemed to lose interest in you? Gosh, if I knew that, I'd bottle it and sell it. I yeah. mean, I think they've lost interest now. You do? I do. Because everything is box office. Yeah. Not that things don't have to be box office. They have to be. Yeah. But not everything. Right. And right now it's everything. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't been fortunate enough to make it to the top tier at the box office, then you have not made it to the place they call bankable, Mm -hmm. where you can get a film done. Right. And that leaves you to struggle along with the rest of us Mm -hmm. to get films done. Yeah. Do you, um, 
do you share Marty's feelings about Marvel films? Um, I, I read what he wrote about Marvel films, and uh, I mean, listen, there isn't a person that's brighter, more passionate about film than Marty Scorsese. Mm -hmm. It's smart about it. Um, I feel the way he does about what, I, what I'm trying to express now yeah. by Hollywood's um, uh, penchant, desire, um, um, anthem. Are they bankable? Are they bankable? Are they bankable? To be bankable is yeah. essentially to be a star, yes? Yeah. Do you, do you not think of yourself as a star? I think of myself as a former Marine who got lucky. <laughs> really lucky. Because where I came from, um, with no education, yeah. so to speak, there wasn't that encouragement to go toward the arts because it was absent, you know, it's yeah. like a vacuum. Yeah. So I'm just grateful for the luck I've had, the people I met, including the Marines. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.